0: Welcome. For Outlander Season 1, Episode 8, Both Sides Now, I'm Don Bitters.
1: And I'm Nick Stone.
0: And this is Gala Guys, an Outlander podcast where we watch Outlander, drink scotch, and let you know our terribly uninformed opinions about both. The episode is Both Sides Now, and actually, this is one of the episodes that I'd only, I have actually seen the first time through. i somehow managed to skip this one mm. in the process of watching it over the, my wife's shoulders. Right. As yeah. As you do. But we start off like really kind of like jumping right into Frank Randall and what's been happening this whole time now with Claire in the past, but Frank kind of stuck mucking around Inverness.
1: Right. It's something that you're not led to think about by the stories we've been hearing about Claire in the past, but, of course, time's passing in the you know modern day in the mm. 40s or whatever, and... Frank is understandably really upset yeah
0: he doesn't have his wife to explain things to <laughs> which actually I will say in the the first scene where he is in a police station kind of once again questioning the same like just uh, police I guess a detective or chief or whatever it would end up being mm. uh, about why they haven't found his wife yet I love the fact that for being such a serious scene Frank actually explains what disappointment means
1: Like, I thought he was going to buy, like, three billboards outside of a small town in Missouri. Inverness. Yeah, in this case. (laughs) He gets some
0: sick burns in for a guy who needs someone else's help. And uh, and drops the most choice line that is going to, well, has already come back to bite him at this point, uh, but my wife is not with another man.
1: Right. It was my dream, as I expressed to you while we were watching this, that they would then, like, cut immediately to Claire... And Jamie going at it like crazy, but they didn't because it's a classier show than I
0: would make. So we go from Frank being upset because they can't find his wife, which, oops, time travel. Right.
1: <laughs> they had not explored that option, I noticed, yeah.
0: at the Inverness Police Department. <laughs> Jamie and Claire are on, I guess what you could call, a very Scottish picnic. As in, you know, beautiful landscape, but just covered in fog.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful to look at for us. I imagine it might be a little bit uncomfortable to actually be in that kind of weather. Especially by
0: by the end of the scene, they're like being caught in a downpour. Right. So Jamie essentially asks Claire because a man who has seen and done and had experienced so many horrific things is still essentially like a teenager asking her like, what is love?
1: Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more.
0: So uh, they're interrupted by an inconveniently timed arrow. That almost hits them, because that's apparently how their friend uh, Monroe greets people.
1: Yeah, I think that you know in my mind this is sort of like the Facebook poke of the day in which that's just how you let people know you uh, almost killed you with an arrow yeah <laughs> almost pay attention to me and it turns out there might be a reason why he uses alternative forms of communication that's like true arrows that's, that's true weird. he has trust issues yeah that's right. exactly <laughs> his trust issues
0: which we'll soon learn is for very good reasons yeah so Monroe who uh, I think you turned. Tom Bombadil
1: <laughs> oh yeah he looks like a forest hobo or something well they did actually say that he's officially a hobo he's a beggar That well th- that's he has true. his beggar that's licenses true. he has licenses and things it's very yeah. organized here um uh, But, like, I I thought it kind of interesting that, I mean, I I haven't seen Farther, but I hear we don't really see this character again. But he's got a very distinctive costume. Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of thought went into this character. Yeah. And then he just sort of disappears. Um, Well, no,
0: he not only just disappears, but he actually delivers something that is extremely important for the series. Right. The Dragonfly and Amber, which I honestly don't know the exact relationship that has with the series, but I know for a fact that's the name of one of the books. Oh. So it clearly has enough of an impact To matter to that degree, but for a character that, you know, apparently doesn't come back or doesn't have a larger impact, which, honestly, I would love to see kind of the story of this guy because we find out that he was, I think it was in the Crusades, essentially, uh, became a slave in Turkey and had his tongue cut out. But he's really, really in good spirits, all things considered. He states that there's a witness to Jamie's innocence, which we get through a kind of like pantomime of the name is Horrocks, or is it Horrocks? So in any any case, Jamie finds out that there might be someone out there who can basically say he's innocent for murder, and that would clear his name. And as Jamie's luck goes, I don't have high hopes for this.
1: Right, from a red coat deserter. Not sounding like the most trustworthy person in the universe at this point.
0: So we move back, and this is something that they do a lot in this episode, is they're constantly cutting back and forth between kind of Frank Randall's story and what's happening with Claire. But so Frank is talking with the priest, who is kind of giving all his like wildest theories as to why, how, why, and how Claire disappeared. Where she was like washed down a river twenty miles, and then is living in a cave off of like frogs and mushrooms. And
1: yeah, I call that Claire's river adventure theory. It doesn't <laughs> seem particularly likely, but
0: little do you know, Claire shows up in the Adventures of Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. We go from that to. Frank essentially, like, drinking himself into a stupor when, conveniently, Sally, the mysterious woman, comes into the bar saying that she knows something about what's happened to Claire, that she knows where the Scotsman is.
1: Right, and she produces this, you know, police sketch of the Scotsman, and I gotta say... Frank nailed it. Yeah, because well, that looks... Frank and the sketch artist. Right. Like, the two of them together, that looks exactly like Jamie. Yeah. Like, shockingly so. So, I mean, kudos to them. They really they really pulled that one out. Unfortunately for them, he lived several hundred years in the past. But, if he were around, <laughs> I have no doubt that that picture would aid in his capture.
0: Well, his face is one for the ages. Mm. That
1: chin. Come on. Strong. <laughs> Dimpled. So,
0: as we jump back into the past, as we see Twiddle Dee and Dumb telling stories... In the fire, uh, we actually have like I, I actually really enjoyed this scene where Claire and Jamie are talking, and Jamie's once again fawning over her, all over her mm, very good. But we quickly learn that an ambush is actually about to take place.
1: But, it, was, it was the Grants, we find out, which I assume is a rival clan of yeah, the Scotsmen, okay. but yeah. we,
0: we don't know more at this mm. point. It's actually really well constructed of everyone kind of acting like it's normal, even the guy telling the stories, he like pulls out a knife. During all this, where everyone knows that someone's coming because the horse has got spooked, but everyone is kind of like acting normal. And it's I really like the way they constructed it mm. and had like these beats for the characters of everyone like, yeah, don't look them over there too fast. You don't want to give away where it's like you know like when you're in a restaurant, it's like, oh my god, look over your shoulder, but don't do it obvious. Right. Right. But in this case, it's like, don't look over your shoulder because people are about to kill you
1: right it gives him just enough time to sort of get ready for this ambush and i mean to the storyteller's credit he keeps the story going while he you know gets ready oh, yeah. and he's, but,
0: he's just saying bullshit
1: i mean that story didn't make sense from before they knew there was <laughs> going to be an ambush like i just kept hearing things about a water horse and like matt it sounded very strange to me yeah. like i wasn't following it already so. so was he telling the story of like lochness <laughs> I, yeah i don't know what a water horse is i wrote like seahorse i'm like that's not what he said liquid horse yeah and then everyone goes all Dirk Stabbington on everyone else
0: yeah no I love how it's like so basically it becomes just this complete brawl fight and then it gets it's interrupted with like the you know cool rich uncle the Steve Carell of this whole adventure and Ned Ned shot a guy <laughs> and he's <laughs> like super proud of this fact he's like oh, oh look at that nailed him it's like no more than 20 feet away
1: yeah, it it goes from, like, deadly serious, like, we're in a fight for our lives to, like, them, like, laughing and slapping each other's backs. And as you
0: pointed out, they're like, oh, everything's great. And you're like, that's a dead body. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it'd be one
1: thing if, like, oh, well, they came and they took our horse and several bags of grain, but we're all in one piece and... Oh no harm, no foul. Thank goodness we're safe. But there are dead people. They have like straight up murdered people all over and their little And They shot a guy. They <laughs> shot a guy. Which is which is pretty pretty
0: impressive, man. Way to go. As they survive an ambush, we quickly move back into the future with Frank, where he also survives an ambush.
1: Yeah, because the pretty transparent ploy of Hey, I know where this Scotsman is based off your one police sketch drawing, and please bring the reward, and please follow me down this dark alley. Like, it's a pretty
0: transparent ambush. Well, Frank basically flips the script on them, because Mm. he busts out nothing other than a blackjack. Right, which I
1: love that they don't draw attention to or like say out loud at any point, but that Frank Randall has... Become in a way Blackjack yeah. Randall, because he literally uses a black, and Jack. he's brutal,
0: like he is ready to kill them yeah and, and kill the girl as well before kind of having that moment where he like comes to his senses, but for a moment there and i I think it's it's a really well played moment of this episode where what they're doing is they're drawing really good parallels between the narratives, mm. and that's something that you don't really see that often well done in t v mm. or yeah. even in narrative storytelling at all. So, I actually have to give, you know, I think this one was written by Ronald Demore Moore. Mm. Major props for taking an episode that could have been very, like, you know, bland. Yeah. could've There's many ways that this could have been a really kind of like dull episode, but they do build all these moments where we're seeing really good parallel storytelling, even though it's not obvious, mm-hmm. which, uh, we'll we'll get to another beat that I did like later on with both Claire and Frank mm. across time a little bit later on. So, We cut to, then, Frank actually talking to the priest, which, in a way, it's really good because it becomes almost a confessional of them talking about, like, you know, don't embrace an evil, a darkness, like, this kind of, like, doubt that he's been having. Mmm, anger leads to hate. Are you saying that, uh, Frank is Anakin? I'm I'm saying that he you know he gets a little bit of the
1: dark side going and it's like you know he pulls back you know he does he does what he sort of should in that yeah. scenario but it, it it touches on those themes of I, everyone I, has some darkness. in I them. will say if
0: Outlander had lightsabers instead of swords, a lot more people would be watching it.
1: Yeah, and the priest talks about uh, this sort of idea in these Sherlock Holmes books that if you eliminate all possibilities. Yeah whatever is left no matter how improbable is the truth what the priest is implying with this is that claire ran off yeah. you know with someone else probably the scotsman frank saw looking up at her window it's in all likelihood there's no sign of a struggle anyway like that's what happened
0: so we actually have tweedledum here
1: now teaching knifing you right yeah this is like prison style shankage here. yeah right i i did i did wonder how much claire a trained nurse needed to have like basic human anatomy explained yeah. to her because she's had her hands in way more bodies than yeah. these guys have there was a
0: small thing that they had with Tweedledum and I'm so sorry to these actors these characters but we never will remember their names other than Tweedledee Tweedledum, Tweedledum. Um, but when he lifts up his shirt be like oh, you stop here and you're like he has a clear scar from him being stabbed that way
1: well, but you'll notice that the scar is not where he's pointing for effectively killing someone. So, like, someone clearly stabbed him and, like, basically missed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, look, if you stab here, then you live to teach stabbing lessons another day. Yeah, exactly. So, once Claire wraps up her murder class, which is surprisingly jovial, like, yeah, they're
0: yeah, like, well, yeah. stab him in the kidney, he'll drop like a sack of rocks. Ah ha 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 ha, death. So we have Frank looking at Claire's luggage, kind of going through it all and seeing the photo of them.
1: And then, then here we actually have smash the cut. like smash, smash cut, cut <laughs> to Jamie and Claire getting nasty in the woods, just like randomly outside. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's helpful that they're both wearing skirts. Easy access.
0: Um, but that, that moment quickly turns very dark. As two uh, deserting redcoats show up, like, they straight up threaten Jamie, and they attempt rape on Claire. And this is something where the show kind of, like, for, for everything that it does, where it's, like, lighthearted, like, it has these really incredibly dark moments. And this is something I do appreciate about the show, is that it's not afraid to kind of face these moments and have them have repercussions right, for the characters, so... And it's one of the things I think that kind of early on drew me into because you you look at the show and it's like, ah, it's like Fabio on the cover. Right. But if Fabio also, like, there's a dark, dark side to this whole thing, it's something that I do appreciate the fact that it's willing to show kind of all ranges of life from the really kind of bright and cheery all the way down to the dark and gringy.
1: Yeah, it definitely gives you that brutal nature of how the Scottish Highlands were at this time. You know, this is... Uh, a violent place and particularly with the the pe- people in question who are outlaws to a degree especially Jamie and people who are plotting you know a revolution against the king largely you know these mm-hmm. are outlaws in a in the true sense of the word and so they run into a great deal of this violence and it's not just play violence like people suffer from these traumas they're mm-hmm. not always laughed off like we were kind of joking earlier about the first raid and they've killed a bunch of people and they just kind of laugh it off but you know when something actually terrible happens to someone it reverberates for that character through the series yeah 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 these uh. are the dirtiest redcoats i've ever seen first of all oh, yeah, i know they're deserters like, but like it is like they want you to hate these people yeah and,
0: they're like the straight up like gross pirates the parts of the caribbean kind of thing yes like greasy disgusting yeah and so like they make it very clear these are like the the evilest of evil people mm. that could be doing this. So they threaten Jamie while attempting rape at Claire. Claire, though, fortunately has... Just had a stabbing last week. She actually enacts and then kills the man who's attempting to rape her. While Jamie takes the moment there to kill the man who's holding a gun to his head.
1: Yeah, and it's really quick between uh, what's a very loving, tender, joyful scene between Jamie and Claire, and someone being stabbed in both kidneys, and another person having their throat slashed. Yeah, like while someone, you know, while an attempted rape is happening, like the, it turns on a dime. Yeah. It really messes with your emotional. Da, da, da,
0: da, da, that's Outlander. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: seriously, that's that's kind of a
0: signature here. So as we go from uh, Jamie. Carries Claire away as they've just gone through this really horrible moment. Frank is now in the past, in the well, his present, the future, being told the truth about Craig Newton by I, I apologize, I don't remember the character's name. The, yeah, the priest's
1: uh, housemaid or whoever. Is, is,
0: that they have a kid so, together.
1: And there's a kid there. I understand we find out more about that later. But anyway,
0: they're having some sort of family argument. So Frank gets told the truth about Craig Nadoon, about time travel, about all these things that do exist, and he's not a fan.
1: Very serious. Frank Randall has no time for literal fairy tales.
0: But literal fairy tales and the fact that we know these things to be actually true.
1: And then Frank has to sort of storm out after saying that he doesn't believe the same things as this woman uh, past a very sad boy in a suit, which is maybe the cutest thing in the episode.
0: So jumping back into the serious side of the story, we see Claire going into shock, kind of trying to maneuver her own way out of this. While Jamie is, in a certain ways, like, he he's concerned about her, but he also, like, he's of that kind of mindset of, like, no, we need to keep going.
1: Right, that they're in danger, more danger than, I mean, the general danger that they're in is he's a fugitive, you know. And as Dougal
0: points out, these were deserters. Right. These are the same people that they need to find, you know, horrocks, that he's of the same kind of cut.
1: That it's not a particularly respectable person. It sort of goes to that thing where um, if you're a traitor, like Benedict Arnold, famous Mm -hmm. traitor in the American Revolution, was evidently not respected at all in England after that fact because they didn't view him as like some sort of British hero they viewed him as still a traitor he betrayed yeah. his people you know and so he was you know still tarred with that and these people are the same they haven't lived up to their duty to their king mm-hmm. and so they're low people no matter whose side they're on
0: yeah it's one of those things that Jamie kind of even like buys into this now that going to see this man that could prove his innocence could be just the worst plan ever because he, it could be a trap it could be a whole thing set up to try to get him where the Redcoats want him to be.
1: Right. And luckily, Jamie and his fellow Scotsmen have a little more sense than drunk Frank Randall when it comes to fairly obvious ambushes.
0: Yeah. Uh, we, we move then to Frank, kind of get to this literal, quite literal crossroads. Where he has the opportunity to go to Nadu to actually maybe, maybe buy into the crazy story. Mm. that she could have disappeared there. He's very, he's stuck there for a, very, a long moment that I will admit had some pretty fantastic music by in McCreary. And then we go to Claire and Jamie, where Jamie is explaining that he doesn't want her come with because she's already been in danger because of him. He doesn't want to put her in danger again. Right. So she stays behind and then really quickly realizes that she's at a very similar crossroads. Right. She's really close to Craig Madun herself. Yeah, where Frank is heading to Craig Nadoon as she's heading to Craig Madun, and it's it's yes, again, it's over dramatized, but I think it's very effective for what
1: it's trying to do. I think it's extremely effective, especially this was something where the next episode was one of the was the first episode of Outlander I've ever seen. It's the yeah. episode following this one and so I knew some of what was sort of about to transpire. But they lead you to believe that it's going to go down a different road. Like they do this beautiful yeah. build up to one conclusion that you should draw from the you know choices they make and then they subvert yeah. your expectation in a great yeah, way. because we're,
0: what we're doing in this moment is we're cutting back and forth between Frank heading towards to Doom, her heading towards to Doom, as she's calling out his name He's calling at hers, and they can actually hear each other because you know reverberations through time. This is, yeah. as we learned earlier, this is a very special place. Yeah, where you know we're punching a hole in through reality through time.
1: I gotta say, and you mentioned it while we were watching it, but the the color palettes they use yeah. to differentiate between Frank and Claire's timeline just really effective
0: tool yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah, because so Frank is everything's like dried out and very like pale and desaturated is Claire's everything is like bountiful with color and saturation right. and, and it sort of really does... speaks to their inner emotional yeah. states and they do some really I mean I'll give credit to the editing to mm. planning the direction and the cinematography here of some really fantastic moments transitioning as we pass over stones and pass past mm. uh, kind of elements of the scenery between these two time periods Claire moments before finally getting the frame finally you know series ending Gets grabbed by the redcoats. Right. And Probably
1: because she was screaming Frank for like the last hundred yards of that run. Which, yeah. knowing that there are people around, like, you know, she's been through a shock, but was not great strategy there. So Yeah, yeah.
0: could have totally run it up the middle. <laughs> right. Did some bobbing
1: and weaving, serpentine. Like a Z
0: pattern know. here would have cut it really close. Right.
1: And, and Frank can hear this, and so he's given just the tiniest bit of hope. Yeah. So Claire goes from being seconds away from being reunited with Frank to being snatched up into the clutches of Black Jack Randall. And sad Frank just wanders away. I mean, this guy. He's had the worst day. Despair. That's the only word for it. So as she's traveling along the road, we find out that Claire's plotting her inevitable interrogation with Black Jack Randall. Um, but and this is her only advantage because, of course, they don't have a faster form of communication than one of these soldiers actually getting back to this fort, and mm-hmm. so she has time to think about it before he does, which she views as her one advantage, which
0: she uses to her advantage her ability, her amazing recall of Frank Randall's man's plan. Yeah, I mean, this is
1: another one of those moments where, like, okay, time travel, yeah, sure, fine, okay, whatever, but the like. Oh thank goodness that Frank Randall just talked about random Scottish politics in exactly this area so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So as he's explaining, you know, as Frank Randall is explaining that his ancestor must have had uh, this like a patron, like someone very powerful, very wealthy, which does imply Blackjack Randall is such a dick. <laughs> right. He that spends all day. Everyone him. hates him. To such a great degree that the only reason they don't just, like, mess with his shit is because they're afraid of this other person, which we find out is the Duke.
1: Du- Duke of Sandringham. Sandringham. I have Claire Beecham-like recall <laughs> of details. <laughs> Thank you very much.
0: Okay. Yes, I well, used her maiden name. As Claire You know, conveniently has this information from Frank that the Duke of Sandringham had to have been the patron of Blackjack Randall. Mm. As Claire thinks she has this finally has the control. Bring up the Duke, saying like she's an agent of the Duke. And she almost gets away.
1: Yeah, I, Wiley Blackjack plays the false Duchess Defense, which sounds like something out of a chess game. It does, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In which she, you know, makes some comment about the Duchess of Sandringham. Mm-hmm who is really in charge of the operation. If you're working for the Duke, you definitely know the Duchess. And Claire kind of plays along, and she, d- she does so well. She's so close. She's like, oh, I've never had the pleasure of meeting her, you know. And then, but Wiley Blackjack corners her, with, but you've been in contact with her? And she's like, yes, by letters. Boom, <laughs> turns out there's
0: no Duchess. Never false has duchess. been. Also a chess move. The False Duchess. Mm-hmm. So it immediately escalates to Blackjack then tying up Claire and what in the second attempted rape of this episode.
1: Yeah, shocking amount of sexual violence in this episode, which is sort of par for the course for this series, but seems like a really brutal tactic to try and.
0: Well, yeah, and it's still rough to watch and still very, very difficult to see, kind of like as you don't. I mean, like, we both knew kind of what was hap- going to happen, like, but. It's still very rough to see that. And, you know, props to Katrina Bal for being an actress and separate herself from that. So, like, I mean, major props, again, always to the cast. So this intense S episode ends with moments away from Claire being raped by a monster who looks like her husband. Yeah. Of course, the day
1: is saved by Janie. He's like, kindly take your hands off my wife. Yeah. And it's like, Whoa! Classy, dude. Yeah. Also, unnecessary. Just murder this guy. That's why I wanted him to murder the guy. And he comes out of a window, which I assume is, like, not on the first floor. (laughs) Like, he just shows up. It's like some Spider-Man stuff. Jamie's a superhero.
0: Scottish superhero. Codename, The Huge Man. Nicely done. So, that is the episode. This week, we decided to go from top shelf to bottom shelf. Yeah. Uh, Wow. This is the Prestige Distillery. Premium imported Scotch whiskey. No other branding. Just big block letters on green Scotch whiskey. This is like store brands, but not really
1: excellent Kirkland signature. This is Ralph's store brand Scotch whiskey.
0: This was something that we joked about getting because it seems so improbable that this would exist, but it does, and not only does it exist, but clearly this is something that people buy enough that this is still on a shelf in the store. We're, We're kind of plumbing the depths here. And, sort of on purpose, because, frankly, our reviews so
1: far have all been very positive yeah. for all the scotches we've tried. Um, but, you know, I began to wonder if I could really tell the difference in quality between any of these. And I will tell you, this is awful. I Th- can say. This is,
0: when people compare certain alcohols to paint thinner, this is what they're talking about. I think you joke, jokingly said if they made like a, a marker... They were like, oh, let's make this smell like scotch. And but the fact is, like, if they made a, a scotch that smelled like marker, this would be it. And it's it's
1: almost as if like it's it is smoky, but as if no. they put that liquid smoke stuff just like straight yeah, into a no, bottle you, of like, like, you all
0: of liquid. our like descriptions like peaty, smoky, smooth. None of those apply here. Burn, no, death, catastrophe. Yeah. These are the adjectives meant for this. With just an awful aftertaste. Like this is the first time I've
1: really. You know, like, I was the same way with wine for me. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't seem to really tell that much difference yeah. between these wines. Like, I don't really know if I know them. Until I got a really bad bottle of wine, I'm like, that is awful. And I would I would yeah. stake my reputation on it. And this is truly bad so, scotch. So, Don has actually been switching back and forth between the prestige distillery finest and a bottle of Highland Crest that we, you know, tried in a previous episode. Which Highland Crest is
0: highly rated, this is not so much
1: yeah that i'm sure that's a contrast i on the other hand remained a purist been drinking only prestige distillery whiskey you're very (laughs) prestigious i really don't recommend it at all
0: i think that this is our first like negative review yeah well thank
1: goodness i mean because you know we're beginning to sound really one note but this this is bad do not buy it there are much better cheap scotches Go to Trader Joe's. They have at least three options.
0: Low marks for a prestige distillery, premium imported scotch whiskey. We kind of saved the worst scotch for one of the better episodes. Yeah, thank goodness. So that's our episode. As always, please subscribe. Please tell a friend, tell an enemy about the podcast. It's the only way we'll really get the millions and millions of subscribers that we're bound to have. Yeah,
1: please rate and review us, whatever app you use, or on iTunes if you download, and let let people know about this podcast if you've enjoyed it. Uh, thank you again, and see you next week.